So let's start in chapter 20, verse 1. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. Okay, so there's a few different characters in this, right? There's the landowner, and he owns everything. He owns it all. And then there are workers, those that would serve, those that would work in his vineyard. And I want to make clear from the beginning of this this parable that it's not about salvation, that we don't work to earn our salvation. It's not about that. It's about serving God. But I I want you to notice something, that that these workers, uh, they're they're called to serve, and they're called to to serve the landowner and to do what he asks. But, But notice also this as well, that it's his vineyard. It says that. He sent them into his vineyard. In verse 1, to hire men to work in his vineyard, and it's his. It's all his. He's the owner. He owns it all. We have to understand that. They have to understand that. And you and I, in serving God, we need to understand that he, he owns it all, that he's the one. He's, he's the guy. He's the man. And, and, and that's the one that, that we understand as we understand our relationship between what we are and who we are compared to who he is. It, it kind of gives it a different perspective, I think. So we serve, and I want to make application to us throughout this, is that we serve at His pleasure. He owns it all. We ourselves are His. And though we will be rewarded for serving Him, it's not about the rewards. It's about serving. Simply, it's about serving. These ones here, in these first two verses, they were the first ones hired. Keep, keep that in mind. And, and it appears... If you look at verse 2, it says he agreed to pay them this certain amount. It appears that they had negotiated a price. They negotiated for this denarius, which is like a, a day's wage. In other words, like they had a contract. They had a contract. It was all agreed upon, and we'll get back to that in a minute. So he sends them out to the vineyard to work for him, to serve him. In verse 3, it says about the third hour, he went out and he saw others standing in the marketplace doing what? Nothing. It says he saw others. He went out and he saw them. It was kind of like obvious, right? They kind of stood out. That they were out there, they were doing nothing. This message really isn't about the people that weren't doing nothing, but I think there is certainly an application in there for us that are we just standing around? Are we standing out there doing nothing? The first group, they were busy. They were working. They had some issues, and we'll get back to those, but, but they were out there. They were serving. They were working. They were doing something. But the second group, it says they were, they were standing there, and, and I think it's kind of boring. I think they were out there just bored. You know what? You know it's like. Uh, you know if 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 you have a vacation and you go out there for a while and and it's good after you know, first few days you start to unwind. The second half of the week, if you know, but then you start to get like bored. Like I got to do something. I got to go somewhere. I got to I got to make something. I got to uh, go get more food. I got to do anything just to like fill this time up. Because we there's something in us that 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 we need to do be doing things. But there were some that were standing around. It says they were 
They were standing in the marketplace and they were doing nothing. So he told them, that group, he said in verse 4, he said, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you what? Whatever's right. I'll pay you whatever is right. So he saw those. He told them, go ahead, you guys go and get to work. It's, you're, you're not starting. They weren't starting at the same time. This is now about um, 9 o'clock in the morning, right? They started the, the, the timing is like at, at sunrise around 6 a.m. And so, you know, the third hour would be like 9 a.m., uh, the sixth hour, you know, 12 noon, so on and so forth. So he sends them out to, to join the others, and he says, go. go. Go out there. Go work. Go do something. And notice that, that he says to them, I'll pay you whatever is right. In this particular case, between these guys and the other guys, there was no contract. There's no agreed upon price, right? There's no amount that they had agreed on. Basically, what he's saying is this. You go and just trust me. I'll take care of you. You go. I'll do what's right. Trust me. Trust me. So they went, verse 5, the first part of verse 5. It says they went. That's an important, those three words are important. So they went. He talked with them. He saw they weren't doing anything. He says, you go, get to work. I'll take care of you. I'll, 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 you know, trust me, I'll take care of what you need. So they went. So they went. They didn't have to go, but they did. So they went, just on his word. And I think... And I believe that they were just glad to be doing something. Just glad to be doing something. Just glad to be doing anything. And, 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 and I think for you and I to have that on, you know, on our tombstone perhaps, so they went. So she went. So he went. And, 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 and was available and actually followed through and did what the landowner, the Almighty God, asked. Let's move on. So they went, verse 5 <clears throat> and he went out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour. So he went out at like noon, and then he went out at, at 3 p.m., and he did the same thing. He did the same thing. He's always looking. He's always asking. He doesn't, it's not like a one-time thing. He asks once, that's it. You missed your chance. You're done. Forget it. He's always asking. He's always coming. And I think that's true for you and I as well. He's always coming. He's saying, listen, will you? Will you serve? They'd been out there, some of them, for quite a long period of time. He's always looking for workers. And, and it reminds us of Jesus' words when he said earlier in the Gospel of Matthew, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are what? few. And he said, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Pray, he says. There's not a lot of people. There's not a lot of workers. There's a great need, a great need. And there's no, there's no different today than it was back then. There is a great need for people who will serve, for people who will, will just simply go and do You know, you've probably heard it said, you know, there are just a little small minority of people who do like all the work. Well, let's spread it out a little bit. Let's, let's all get involved in, in, in serving. 
in one way or another. We'll talk at, uh, near the end about different ways we can serve, perhaps. Verse 6, about the 11th hour, he went out and he found still others standing around. Now, this is like 5 p.m. And he asked them, he asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Why? He's, he asked them. Again, you, you, you have to, you know, you have to hear these words, and if, if, if God is speaking to you through his word, then, you know, that's the way it is. I'm not trying to, you know, put it. Uh, we don't believe in, like, you know, motivating by guilt, okay? And I could get up here, and I could rant and rave and say, you know, why don't you, you know? But then why, you know, then we're back to, like, the, the, maybe the first people, and, you know, you're going to negotiate, and you're going to have, you know, it's all about, you know, but... But more of a heart. Do we have a heart? And, and, and maybe, maybe you can look at it in this way. Well, why, why, why don't you serve? It's not like, why don't you? But it's, why, don't you, why aren't you serving? Is there a problem? Is there a reason? Is there something that's in the way? Do you see the difference? Does that make sense? Am I just rambling? Why? Why? And, and I think even in that, in the sense of, you know, there's something you're missing out on if you're not willing to, to, to go, to simply get involved, to try something, to do anything. And I know that's true. I know that's true. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in people's lives. When they, like, step up and get involved, it's like, wow. And when you make ourselves available and God works through us and we go, like, wow. But their answer was in verse 7, he said, because no one has hired us, they answered. Because no one asked. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard that through the years too, you know. Well, I didn't know there was a need. Or, or no one asked me. And, and uh, I, it's, it's kind of like, I think there's like this expectation that the pastor should have a list that's been given to him by God that has your name and what you should do. And then I will come to you and say, God has revealed this to me that you should be doing this. And, and people look at me and I go, I look at them and go like, I don't know what you're supposed to do. What, have you prayed about it? Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. Now, there, maybe there are times when I, I think, well, you know, hey, maybe so-and-so would be kind of well-suited to go and do this. And I'll say, hey, did you ever think about that or this? But I think it's a personal thing. I really do. And, and um, that God is working with each one of us. And, and, and sometimes we expect other people to do it and see it for us, for me. The truth is they may not see the right thing. They may not see the right thing. They may have it all wrong. I know it in my own life. You may, you may disagree once I explain it to you, but you know, I, I believe that God had called me to teach the Bible and to become a pastor. I believe that. You know, and it kind of developed gradually as I just you know, made myself available for, for all kinds of different things. But you know, I was at a church and doing a kind of an internship, and, and the pastor came to me, and he said, you know, I don't think you're called. And I said, oh, well, I think I am, and so I think I'm leaving here. 
but, but, so later on at the end of the story was, uh, maybe you agree with him, that's what I was saying earlier. Um, you know, I just, I just had to, you know, I'm stubborn enough. And some of you know me, I, you know, I can be stubborn. But sometimes you just got to do, you got to persevere to do what, and you're never going to get any better at it unless you persevere at it, unless you keep going. And I just, you know, God, you know, through the years has helped me and, and I've learned and, and he's still teaching me. I'm still learning. But, but uh, the end of the story is that, that pastor who, who's a friend of mine and, and he came to me and said, you know what, I was wrong. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Because he saw that, you know, and so I'm very careful not to tell people that. I mean, sometimes it may be very, very obvious, you know, like some person, you know, says, I'm really called to be a singer. And you hear them singing, you go, I don't know. <laughs> you better work at that. Yeah. Maybe you are. Yeah. At the shower, back at home, you know, in the shower. But what about stepping forward when, when you see a need? What about looking? How about walking around? I heard, heard this, walk around and see what you see. Walk around and see what you see. Open your eyes and see what you see. Do you see any needs? Do you see any gaps in the wall? This Nehemiah um, uh, illustration. Do you see any needs and, and jobs that are falling through the cracks? Any ministries that, that are not happening because there's nobody doing it? Kind of open your eyes and just look around and, and, and have an open heart. Well, what, what is there that God is perhaps opening my mind and heart to? Sometimes, and I, I think it's true, you know, people see something and then, um, and, then, <laughs> and then they come to me and want me to do it. Oh, I see there's a real need for, so can you do that? And I say, no, but maybe you're called, maybe you saw the need, maybe you're called to do it because you see the need. And when you, you know, you're, you're zoned in on it, you say you see a need and like, well, yeah, maybe God's calling you, you see, you know, to, to like do it. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't mean you, you don't ever come to me and say, you know, hey, I have this idea and, um, you know, let's talk about it. But I'll encourage you, hopefully, to let's see what we can do. Let's pray about that. Let's see if it's something that we, we want to get involved in and, and uh, put together. And, and, but, but be willing to get involved yourselves. There may be times, I'm sure, that you see something that, that you're not the one to do it, but maybe you can see it and, and you can point it out for others. There may be, you know, let's be open to that as well. So he said to them, you also go. Even those guys that were there until 5 o'clock. Where are we? Verse 7. You also go and work in my vineyard. You also go. You also go. I like that. I just like those words. You also go. And work in my vineyard. You too go. You also. Don't just stand there. Don't wait around. It's, you know, but they could say, and, and, I, and I, someone pointed this out and as I was reading, you know, that it's already 5 o'clock, though. In other words, it's going to be dark soon. There really, isn't, there really isn't much opportunity left. It's too late for me to do anything. But is it too late? Did he, is that what he said? No, forget it. It was already 5 o'clock. It was going to be only another hour's worth of work. He said, you go. Let's take advantage of every single minute of time that we have. 
It's never too late. It's not too late for you, no matter what your situation is. Maybe you, you know, you've been, you know, sensing something for a long time, and you say, well, you know, now I'm too old. I'm, you know, I, I, I can't do it. It's too late for me to do anything. It's never too late. It's never too late. These were the last ones hired, and he said, go. You go also. Go out there with the rest of them. Get involved. Get stirred up. Get going. Join that crowd. Join that group of people that are doing something. Go. Do it. Never too late. Verse 8, And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going to the first. So now it's payday. We all like payday, right? And, but he tells them, you know, a certain way to do this. And it, it, he did that on purpose. And why do you think he did it that way? Why, did he call, why do you think he asked them for the, for the last ones hired to come first and then the others? Why do you think? Well, yeah, that's true too. But why do you think he, uh, he did, did it that way? Anybody know? Exactly so that the first ones could see what was going on. They had to sit there and watch. And then that everybody could see their reaction, and they could see their own reaction. A lot of times the Lord, you know, does things, not because he, He's, like, not sure how we're going to react, you know. Well, I'm not sure how Rich is going to react when I do this, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it and then just see. No, he already knows like what I'm going to do, but he wants me to know what I'm going to do, and he wants us to know so that they could see their own reaction. In verse 9, it says, The workers who were hired about the 11th hour, 5 o'clock, they came, and each received a denarius. The last ones, they worked only one hour, and they received a denarius, a whole day's pay. They received way more than they earned, and I think they must have been shocked. I think. I think they were blown away. Verse 10, so when those who were hired first, when those, came who, when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more, but each one of them also received a denarius. They expected to receive more. Again, this is now we begin to see what their reaction is and what, where their heart's at. They expected more. We deserve more. We should get more. Look what they got. Now, I should get a whole lot more than them because they only worked an hour. They didn't really do much, and I did a whole lot. In verse 11, it says, when they, when they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. And they said, these men who were hired last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. Something wrong there, don't you think? These men, these others, they only worked one hour. We worked a whole bunch of hours. We worked all day. And now you're making them equal to us. I think there's a little bit of an attitude problem here. And again, it goes back to the very beginning. Like, who is the landowner? Who's in charge? Who does it all belong to? And what right do you and I have to look him and say, what do you think you're doing? Didn't you see how long and hard we worked? 
We're the hard workers. We strained. We were out there. They came out in the afternoon. It was nice and cool. We were out there straining and sweating. You say, oh, we never do that. Oh, yes, we do. We work hard, and then we see others come and just work a little bit, and we go, where were they? Where were they when we needed them? And we get this attitude about other people. I think that's a big lesson here. He says, don't you be thinking about other people. You think about you and your own heart. What you, what, you know, what's your relationship with me? Verse 13, but he answered them. And notice this. He, say, he calls him friend. He said, friend. Verse 13, he said, but he answered one of them. And it's on an individual basis that really gets down to you and me. He says, friend, I'm not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Wasn't that the deal that you made with me? And a deal is a deal. And if you want to work like that, if you want to work it out like that, a contract, he says, take your pay and go. I want to give the man who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous? He says, I paid you what you asked for, what you required. These first guys, they required this contract. They wanted this contract. The rest, just whatever he thought. The rest just, you know, he says, I'll take, I'll take care of you. And they just said, okay, we'll go, we'll do. Warren Wiersbe says, they received what they asked for. Had they trusted the goodness of the owner, they would have received far more. But they insisted on a contract. You see, it's this idea of, you know, why are we doing what we're doing? I'll serve you, Lord. Hypothetically, I'll serve you, Lord, but on my terms. These are the terms. But you know what? My terms are never going to be as good as his terms. We do that. We want it on our terms. Instead of saying simply, Lord, here I am, send me. And it's a joy and it's a privilege to serve. And I trust that you will take care of me. Two very different attitudes. I'm going to serve you, Lord, but you know you owe me now. I'm going to serve you, Lord, but, you know, don't, you know, don't give that other guy more than you give me. I'm going to serve you, Lord, but... See, we've got to drop that off there and say, I'm just going to serve you, Lord, because you are worthy to be served. We get envious. We look at others, and we're worried about others, and... And you know the story in the last chapter of John where Peter, you know, Jesus is talking to Peter and says to Peter, you know, this is what is going to happen to you. And, and Peter, he looks back and he sees John over there and, and Peter says, Lord, what about him? What about John? What about him? And Jesus answered, he says, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? It's none of your business. He says, you must follow me. It's between us and him. He says, friend, friend, friend. We don't serve on a point system. We do not serve on a point system, okay? I know that we're, we're well, that's ingrained in us. Again, I talked last week about the whole works thing. We're, it's ingrained in us that we, we're, we're on a point system. We want to be on a point system. When we were in Danielson, Connecticut, uh, many years ago, and we were, uh, you know, uh, 
planting a church there, and we were really supposed to be back here in Rhode Island, but we went there for a while anyways, and, and we were working, and we had this, this, uh, this couple who were helping us, like, with the children's ministry, and, you know, they were great people and everything, and, they, and so we thought, okay, yeah, maybe you can help with the children's ministry, and, and work with the kids and that, and, and they, they came to us, and they said, okay, this is what we want to do, and they had this elaborate point system they had developed so if the kid walked through the door you know 500 points if he smiled at you another 200 points if he you know brought his bible with him another 700 points it was just all point system we said wait a minute we're not on a point system with god and if we teach him that from the beginning no it's all by grace Sad to say, they left. God bless them. One person said, in the kingdom of God, the, prin- the principles of merit and ability may be set aside so that grace, so that grace can prevail. And it's really all on grace. When our kids were little, man, and I, I think my oldest kind of started this, but you know, it's like, in the four kids, you know, and everything's got to be even. Everything's got to be fair. And they would, like, count Cheerios. I am not kidding you. <laughs> they would count the Cheerios. That's too funny. You know, back then, you know, we couldn't afford many, so it's like you could get all you could get, you know. Man, we got to stop counting Cheerios and, and just love and serve the giver. And besides all that, God is sovereign. He can do as He pleases. He's the landlord. He can do whatever He wants to do. We need to understand that, who He is. A fellow by the name of James Stewart, not Jimmy Stewart, said these words, The person who, think, who thinks to bargain about final reward will always be wrong, and God's loving kindness will always have the last and unchallengeable word. We're going to be wrong if we think we're going to bargain and, and, and have a contract. God just wants us to simply say, God, whatever. whatever. What can I do? What can I be? How can I serve? So the last will be first and the first will be last. He, he again, repeats what he said at the last uh, verse of chapter 19. John Corson, a Calvary pastor and Oregon said there may be surprises when it comes to rewards, one in obscurity before the one who's prominent. He says, watch out for jealousy. He says, and it's never too late to start. I think for you and I, it's never too late. Just say, I'm ready, okay? Just point me in the right direction. I'll do whatever. And I trust that you'll do what's right. And it's just a joy to serve you. It's not about the, the paycheck. Though God blesses. Though God takes care of us. God has always been faithful to us uh, when, uh, you know, all through these years to, to take care of what we needed. We've never been without. Warren Wiersbe said, again, the lesson for Christ's disciples is obvious. We should not serve him because we want to receive an expected reward, and we should not insist on knowing what we will get. He said, God is infinitely generous and gracious and will always give us better than we deserve. And we must trust him unreservedly and believe that he will always give us what is best. 
trust Him unreservedly. Just God, whatever. You'll take care of that. You'll take care of me. So, a couple of scriptures I want to close with, but I just want to say for a minute about, about you and, and the gifts and the call and the talents that God has, has put you know, upon your life. You, you need to find your place. You need to find your place. Don't just stand there all day long doing nothing. Don't wait for someone else to come along and do it for you. They may get it wrong. But this picture of Nehemiah, we had this Sunday school uh, children's ministry meeting yesterday, and we had a big circle, and it was, you know, it was like a picture of this big circle, you know, gathering together in, the, in this ministry, and it's like the, the, uh, the wall of Nehemiah. When you read the story, they were all around the whole wall, and they were all spaced out, and they were all, I mean that in a good way, and they were all... Uh, you know, all around the wall, each working on a section. But it was a picture that you could see. If you went there, you could see them. They were all around the whole wall. And each had their little section they were working on. And this guy didn't have to come over and work on his section. He did his own. He took care of his part. And, and as they all did their part, it was like the place was surrounded and, and, and protected because they took care of all the gaps and the holes and the broken stuff and all that. Shoulder to shoulder, they were working. And I, I see that's, that's for us, too. But what is, what is your place? Look around. Again, as I said earlier, just open your eyes and look around and see. There's a lot of different ways. It, it may not be singing. It may not be preaching. It may not be teaching. But there's all different kinds of ways to serve. Maybe you can work with, with hospitality and, and blessing someone who's just had a baby with some meals. Maybe, uh, maybe you love to just clean. Some people do, believe it or not. <laughs> Maybe you have some artistic abilities. Maybe you, you know, understand certain things. I got a call um, a couple of days ago by a guy who uh, his family is uh, into Jehovah's Witnesses. And he called and said, do you have anybody who can, can come and talk to my family? He doesn't even come to our church and he's calling us and asking for that. There are needs all around, all different kinds. So all I ask you to do is look around. Just look around, see. Three verses I want to close with. Let's turn to Malachi. So that's back one book, the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi. Yeah, the Italians pronounce it Malachi. But... uh. <laughs> I don't buy that. <laughs> Malachi verse, chapter 3, verse 13. The whole, ch the whole book is about different things where people are, you know, the Lord has, has got some words uh, to the people. It says in verse 13, you have said harsh things against me, says the Lord. And yet you ask, what have we said against you? You have said it is futile to serve God. What did we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant blessed, and certainly the evildoers prosper, and even those who challenge God escape. That's what people were saying to God. But verse 16 says, Then those who feared the Lord, they talked with each other, excuse me, and the Lord listened and heard. 
And a scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. They will be mine. They will be mine, says the Lord Almighty, in the day when I make up my treasured possession. I will spare them just as in compassion a man spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. Don't look around. Don't look to the Lord. He says, you'll be mine. Don't look around and say, you know, well, you know, nothing is happening. I don't see anything coming out of what I'm doing. Keep our eyes on the Lord. He says, one day you'll see. One day you will see. Then turn with me to Isaiah chapter 49. That's like about in the middle, uh, just before Jeremiah. Isaiah chapter 49, verse 3 and 4. He said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I will display my splendor. But I said, I have labored to no purpose. I have spent my strength in vain and for nothing. I've worked hard and I don't see anything. But he knew this truth and he said these words. Yet what is due me is in the Lord's hand. And my reward is with my God. What is due me is in the Lord's hand. You may not see it now, but, but it's in his hand. It's with him. He's, it's with our God and our relationship with him. And finally, Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth. 24. These are Joshua's last words to the people. He'd been, you know, he had an incredible life of serving God and his last words to the, to the people there before he was going to die. It says in verse 1, he assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, the leaders, judges, and officials, and they presented themselves before God. Verses 2 through 13, we won't read all those, but he, he pretty much rehearses all that God had done. Every step of the way, God had done incredible, incredible things. It was all based upon what God had done, not upon what they had done. In fact, when you look at the stuff they did, it wasn't good. It was what God did. then jump down to verse 14, and these are words you know, but again, as Peter said, it's not a bad thing to remind us of what God's word says. Now fear the Lord, verse 14, and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. You can read the rest of that. They kind of argued with him a little bit. He, he kind of told them, listen, you can't do it. He said, oh, yes, we can. No, you can't do it. Oh, yes, we can. He wanted them to know that it was their choice. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. 
whether the gods of the world around us. But as for me and my household, we'll serve the Lord, he says. And that's a choice we all make. Have you made that choice? Who will you serve? Let's pray.